I'm so glad you're joining me for this special episode of Street Soldiers. It's our town hall on vaccine realities. So many of you have stopped me on the streets. You've stopped me everywhere I've been. You've hit me up on social media with questions about the vaccine and also about who should get it, what's being done in our communities. But most of the questions had to do with what's really in it. Is it safe for us? And what about our mistrust of the medical system itself? So that's what we're going to address in this episode of Street Soldiers and in this segment. We have joining us Dr. Ramon Talaj. He's the chairman of the board and founder of Somos Community Care. And he has been one of the pioneers leading the charge and leading the effort to bring the vaccine to the communities that have been most hard hit by the virus, have lost the most lives, namely the black and Latino communities here in New York City and New York State. Dr. Talaj, an honor to have you with us. Thank you. It's an honor for me to, to be present with Mr. Benjamin and Mr. Barber. Thank you. Thank you so much. Also joining us is State Senator Brian Benjamin. He's a Democrat from Harlem. He's been fighting to get more vaccine into his community and also dealing with skepticism among some of the, his constituents about whether it's really a good thing. Brian, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Danny Barber. He's a NYCHA resident himself and also president of CCOP. It's the Citywide Council of Presidents of NYCHA developments all around the city. Danny, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Dr. Talaj, I want to start with you on this. Why are you so convinced that this vaccine is necessary to get us out of this pandemic? Point very convinced, Lisa, because I call the vaccine of hope. La vacuna de la esperanza eh, is going to finish with the virus or the solitude virus. Is definitely what we were expecting to happen. Yes, it's true that it's being slow, but we have it. We have the vaccine. We have to be sure that we get more for our communities. But the vaccine is it works. I already did it. I'm 65 two days ago. I did it before because I'm also working on the front line. You know, but the vaccine is working. And it will work. It will protect our people. Now we have to be sure uh, that they come to our neighborhoods. No, absolutely. Brian, in terms of some of the questions that you're getting from people when you talk about the vaccine, give us an idea of what you're hearing in your Harlem district from your constituents. Sure. Thank you so much for that, Lisa. Uh, you know, I'm hearing a number of things. One of the things I'm hearing is, can we trust the government? You know, as many of us know, uh, the Tuskegee experiment is still around in people's heads. Uh, where the New York, you know, where the U.S. government sanctioned uh, some some pretty bad stuff to black men, and and I think, you know, it's our job, and I, and that's why I'm glad we have these partnerships between groups like Somos and and some trusted uh, community groups like our churches, and working with some of our key tenant leaders, because we have to deal with that trust issue. And people are saying, well, you know what, Brian, I'll do it, but let me see what happens. Let me have other people take it first. Um, I'm not so sure, let me wait. Those are concerns that I got because, because people are scared. They don't know exactly what's in the vaccine. They're worried that they might have to get injected with COVID like we do with the flu. So there's so much dist distrust and misinformation that one of the things that we've been trying to do in my office has been to educate people as to what is in the vaccine. But what we have to do, um, Lisa, is we have to deal with this government distrust issue. And that's what I've been working on. And that's why it's so important that we are actively in the church, having conversations just like this to make sure people feel safe. Um, we're we're going to get to what's in the vaccine with Dr. Talaj in just a moment, have it and break it down for us. Danny, but your feelings as a, as a tenant leader, as a resident leader, 
and a leader in the community speaking for the hundreds of thousands of NYCHA residents who oftentimes are voiceless and whose needs are often ignored. What are you hearing about the vaccine? Well, similar to what um, Senator Benjamin said, um, it's the lack of trust. A lot of the senior residents are waiting for their primary care physicians to give them the okay to go forth and take it. Um, there needs to be more education. I myself am skeptical on taking it. Why? That won't, why? Because it hasn't, with all of the adversities with, with uh, the, the swine flu, the Tuskegee experiment and everything, it took time to create vaccines and cures. This is something that happened rapidly and then it's going out and then to hear different adverse effects and how it's affecting people, it becomes an issue. But you told me, but you told me despite the fact that you have reservations, you're still yes. get it for your seniors. Yes, I will not stop the seniors or anyone else that wants to take the vaccine. That's my feeling. That should not hinder you or how you feel to stop you from doing what's best for you. Dr. Talaj, this is the number one question that we've been getting from everybody, is people say, well, I'm not taking it because the coronavirus is in the vaccine, and if I don't have it already in my body, why should I put that in my body? What do you say to that? We allow with this. What do you prefer, to get the vaccine or to get the disease, which is the whole virus coming to your body and could kill you? You got killed half millions of Americans almost there. You know, a lot of people with secondary effects with this virus, sequela, who are very difficult to understand, like my kids, one of my kids. No, it's better to have the vaccine. The vaccine will create and will promote you to have a defense without having the disease. That's so important people to understand. You know, this is the first time in my life that what happened with the polio? What happened with the smallpox? If it wasn't because of those type of vaccines, the humanity, we have so many people die every year. But it's not happening because the science advanced. Yes, it was done very fast. Now we don't have to do tabulation of data with hands. We have computers. It's very fast to be able to do that. We are not in 1940s, 1920. We are in 2020. It's very fast. Yes, everything has side effects. Aspirin has side effects. Thailand has side effects. The vaccine has some pain, but it works. It works. And you know what? Think about this. It's true. In our community, so little bit people distrust. You know, in the 50, 60%, other white folk area, the 80% trust. You know, we have to be the one telling them this is good. Otherwise, they will bring the vaccine to them. And we need the vaccine to our people who suffer the most. We are the one who has been done. Day by day, people dying, see our family dying, our people getting sick, no jobs, you know, and no money to buy food, no money to buy clean, all the things that we live during this pandemic. But now, I believe working together, the communities, in the community, we, the people who are from there, we will ask our people to come and do it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to use now, I'm going to use some people help me. I spoke with Mariano Rivera, I spoke with Duke Hernandez. We're going to open some other places. I want them to come and help to tell our people in the community why it's so important to get a vaccine. It's safe life. 
We'll be back with more of our Street Soldiers Vaccine Realities Virtual Town Hall right after this. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and this is our Vaccine Realities Virtual Town Hall. Joining us, we have Dr. Ramon Talaj, CEO of Somos Community Care. They've been bringing the vaccine to NYCHA developments and communities of color. Also with us is Harlem State Senator Brian Benjamin, who has been working to get the community more informed and vaccinated. NYCHA Citywide Council of Presidents President Danny Barber is also with us. Here's more from our town hall panel. State Senator Brian Benjamin. Brian, you came from a background of community involvement, community activism, and how do you how do you build that trust in the people? But I, I have to say, I saw what was going on at Abyssinian Baptist Church, the whole Somos uh, Abyssinian partnership that was there. We talked to uh, people who had appointments and were on the line, and they said, you know, at first I had reservations, but when I saw the church was okay with it, that gave them the credibility. So that that direct community approach that's a hallmark of Somos, one of their founding principles. How do you, does that, does that get you over the hump in terms of the community distrust or how do you deal with that? I think um, that helps without question. And that, you know, a number of folks were saying to me, oh, I'm going to Abyssinia to get my vaccine because they trust Abyssinia. I think it's helpful though, to also try to educate people directly as well with some of their fears. And I think, you know, doctors mentioned some of these points. My argument, because people ask me, am I taking it? So let's start with that. I uh, look forward to being able to take it. And I have a couple of quick reasons. One is, from my understanding, the mRNA vaccine does not include the co coronavirus in it. It is, is, it is a completely different um, uh, sort of uh, a vaccine that's not like the flu. That's Dr. number Talaj, one. That Hold on, okay, let's is just that true? Dr. Talaj, that's true. It does not have the coronavirus in it. Is that correct? No, it is not. That's what I'd like to say. This, this vaccine will mimic something that when you go into your cell, instead of the whole virus attacking you, that piece go to your cell, we create some things, and the messenger goes out, and there's some kind of thing called antigen, and then our body start producing something against that. And that will destroy the outside of the cell, the corona. This is why it's so effective. 90% and 95%. That's unbelievable, 95% and 97%. This is why it's so effective. Science has changed so much. And well, yes, with people who have some side effect, yes. Could we have allergy effect? Yes, we have all of that. But in millions of vaccines, we have pulled around you know, 20 something thousand so far. We have one case, allergy reaction, who did well. We have doctors on side. And it's not a problem. It's not so, a problem. So that's my first point. The second point is, is that they, the doctors have been working on the mRNA vaccine for a while. My understanding is that since the 1980s, there have been some work on that. Not necessarily for this specifically. You can correct me if I'm wrong, doctor, but, but this is not like a, a couple of months and all of a sudden you have this mRNA vaccine. So I feel comfortable with that. And I do believe that I believe the doctor's making this point. Well, you know, coronavirus is still aggressively ramping up on us now. I mean, we're losing, we're still losing people to the coronavirus every single day. Over 50,000 African-Americans have died. And, you know, I don't have a better alternative. I, I, I see a number of key, I, know, I see a number of key leaders from all walks of life, black, brown, yellow, pink people, you know, the president, the vice president. Uh, people, uh, you know, pastors, people in the community taking the coronavirus, we all, we all will either live or die together with the coronavirus. So as far as I'm concerned, 
Um, I look at this a little differently than some of the historical issues that we've had with distrust. You're looking, um, you're looking forward. You're looking forward to the future. And and Brian, let yeah. me ask Danny. One of the, Danny, one of the issues and one of the concerns has been elderly people, the senior citizens. Um, the, the access almost just did a, an effort with the with the state in some of the NYCHA developments. I was there for one of them last Sunday, and the seniors were telling me. They, they experience barriers to access of the vaccine for those who want it, um, which seem to be a lot of them, that other people don't. They, the, one, one of the, the tenant leaders said to me, Lisa, most of them do not have computers. They do not have broadband. They do not really want to go out of the building if they don't have to, just for a lot of reasons, even if they're physically able. They just don't want to be out on the streets because it makes them, makes them feel vulnerable. What kinds of issues are the seniors facing? Because I know you were trying to get the virus, I mean, the uh, vaccine, excuse me, for some of your seniors as well. Yeah, so it's, it's funny that you say that um, because calls are coming in from different organizations and agencies that want to provide the vaccine, the option to be able to take it to seniors that live in public housing specifically to make sure that these communities get access to it. So um, I'll be reaching out to a lot of these these uh, groups to see who we can partner with to get them to go to the different boroughs, to the NYCHA developments and take care of the senior population. And then as it progresses to get to the next stage, then to service those as well. All right, Dr. Talaj, we keep hearing that we need to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Uh, to get to this point of herd immunity. What does that really mean? Before what Brian said, we have around 2,500 primary cares within the community. We take care of normally 1 million patients in New York. When I opened the three first centers, each doctor gave one day free for his staff to go to the centers to vaccinate. We have capability right now to do 40,000 vaccines a day. And we are not doing that because wherever the state or the city gave us, we put in the computer and it's gone. The appointments are gone. But we will have capability at any time to do more than a million vaccines every month. And about the health immunity, and for that, I have to thank you to the mayor and the governor who's using us to believe in us because we are part of the community. The health, the health immunity means that at some point, so many people have already seen and have created an antibody and have the virus with church, trips, and everybody else will have the same thing. And will not be able to create any more problems when you get to a certain amount. Some people say 70%, 80%. This was so important. Especially, we are not able to give to the kids. Right. Therefore, the percent that we have to vaccinate in adults is even higher in order to create 70% of the total population. And this is why why so we so important for us to bring the education to our people and believe in the vaccine to save all of us. This is the time that we, we keep saying, I said to my doctors, guys, we came here for the American dream. We are immigrants. This is our people. Now it's not what we could do, they could do for us. It's what we to do for them. We have to go to the community. And I'm taking your opportunity to tell you, you need more people to open places. If we get the vaccine, we will open everywhere it's needed. We have more coming up.
Don't go away. Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people, only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. We continue with our discussion about the vaccine and our communities with Dr. Ramon Talage of Somos Community Care, Harlem State Senator Brian Benjamin, and NYCHA resident leader Danny Barber. Brian, in terms of what's been happening in Harlem, and, what, and especially in the Black community throughout the city, there, the death rate has been much higher than in, in other communities. Do you find that people, that's changing or affecting the way people look at the idea of getting vaccinated? Because they're seeing this coronavirus is, no, you know, is, is really serious. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's a real issue and it's and we were and we have been, which is why I appreciated when the gov- governor Cuomo came to Riverside Church and said the communities that have been most ravaged by coronavirus will be the first communities to receive the vaccine. And he's been living true to his word and the partnership with Somos has been phenomenal and people are concerned. I do think there's something that, that we need to also bring up, which is the issue of when people have pre-existing conditions, for example, diabetes, hypertension, if they are in the middle of uh, radiation surgery, uh, uh, surgeries, et cetera, there are some concerns. And I know Danny mentioned the issue of, you know, people getting the clearance from their family physicians. Uh, there are some concerns that I think are legitimate and I don't have a good answer for it. I'm sure the doctor does and others where people, where we should address that. Because in addition to this, the natural distrust of the government and, and across the board, there's also some of that, well, wait a minute, what would happen if I take this vaccine while I'm in the middle of, getting this cancer treatment or getting or, or dealing with this issue or that issue. And that, I don't know, has been fully vetted out. But I do know that, uh, you know, people are scared in Harlem. They're scared of the vaccine and, and they're scared of the coronavirus. And, and, and that's not everybody, clearly. But I, but I want to make sure that we are doing everything we can. I know my office is to, to sort of help resolve some of those fears and mistrust. Danny, Danny, what about in terms of the, what are the fears that, that you're hearing from, from people, from residents, from NYCHA residents? I mean, you, you, they basically, all the residents have is the reports the media give of someone contracting Bell's palsy where the left side of their face was paralyzed. Um, people taking both doses of the vaccine and still catching the coronavirus. It's little things like that. And if I take the vaccine, will it affect my neurological system as it did that individual? These are things. And then we have a lot of residents who are suffer from autism. We have a lot of developmental disabled adults who have neurological failures. Will this vaccine have ill-averse effects on them since they already have neurological issues. So these are a lot of things. Let's find out from Dr. Talaj. Dr. Talaj, what about what about what Danny's saying? People that have these these serious conditions. Let me think. It's it's all Bali, what he said. It's all Bali. But let me ask you. I got to say this statement here very difficult to understand. At some point, every single human being on Earth will get in touch with this virus. What? Would you like to be protected? When that happened to you, do you think you're going to hide behind the mask the whole life? It won't happen. It's like the flu. At some point, you find it, especially when you are with people who doesn't care, don't use the mask properly. They go around. 
and you're part of that, and you don't know, and they have no symptoms. Therefore, the best way is to get the vaccine, because I really believe, this is personal, that at some point, you will be in touch with the virus. And that's what, how he finds you, protected or not, it will depend on you and how much vaccine. That's why for us it's so important to make this thing. This statement that I make is the one that I use to say people, come on, you need to hurry up. If the vaccine is allowed for you, your age, you have disease like diabetes, asthma, you better go and hurry. If you are obese, take it. Don't wait for the virus to get you. When you be so, so difficult for you to recover from that, you could die. That's the reality. Can I respond to that real quick, Lisa? Real yeah, quick. Go ahead, please. Uh, one of the things my office has been doing is we're putting together sort of like little uh, pamphlets, uh, little palm cards, just to help address some of these sort of frequently asked concerns, questions, <clears throat> with the main thrust that the doctor is saying, which is, you know, we need to take it. Uh, and But let's answer some of your questions so you can feel safe that the things you're worried about, you might have heard hearsay or, you know, people just talking around the block. Uh, this is, these are the real facts associated with those things to help with that, with that, with that concern. Cause Danny raises very good points. People see stuff on TV. You, you read one article about the one person that it, that it didn't go well with. And you then assume it's, it has a wide, wide, uh, a much bigger, uh, sort of impact than it really does. And that's what we have to fight against. And I know that's, that's what we're all trying to do, which is why I thank you for putting this, this episode. Well, no, I think all I said, I, I, I gotta say the session to the rules doesn't make that the most important piece. Could there be some kind of side effect? Could we find out later on things that could happen? I got a bet, yes. You know, we are humans. This is a virus. This virus could change with so many things. But at this point today, if we have the gift, I trust much of the Lord in what I do. This is why I act the way I act. Treat the other one the same way I want to be treated. And take care of the poor, feed the hungry, and care for the people who are sick. At this point in my life, I'm 65. I'm telling you, it's better to have the vaccine and don't fool around with that. If you have access to the vaccine, as your age, is your group, take it. It will protect you. It's better that 99% to be protected than the 1% other possibility could happen to you. D Danny, what would you, need to, what would you need to hear or see in order to say, once, once you qual would qualify, where uh, what would you need to hear or see to feel comfortable taking the vaccine? I would, I mean, like the doctor just said, we know with everything, those who suffer with hypertension and diabetes, their side effect with those medications. I mean, I would have to really see more data and promising data that states it. Because they said, although in the beginning, when the vaccine first came out, the scientists, Dr. Fauci and all the scientists said, although the vaccine is here, we're still testing the vaccine. So give us some of that new data so that we can look at it and really dissect it to see what's going on. And we can be on the same page as everyone else that's actually taking it now and we don't have to have these skepticisms, and we can spread the word to them. The it's safe. It's okay. It's all right to take. Because they look for credible messengers. That's the key. 
like um, Brian, like Senator Benjamin said, um, with the church at Abyssinia. Abyssinia is a prominent uh, 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 black church in the community. And if the if the people who leads the congregation at Abyssinia say, we believe it's safe, we think you should take it, I am 100% sure that that congregation will go out and take that vaccination. Oh, they, were, they, were sold out, they were sold out with the appointments. All right, so you need more data. Brian, in, in terms of encouraging, what, what are you looking forward to doing to, uh, to you believe yeah. more people should take it, correct? Absolutely, without question. And I think, you know, the Centers for Disease and Control Prevention have said that this is, uh, they have approved uh, this vaccine. I believe that every single person in this country is reliant upon the rest of us to take the vaccine so that we can get to herd immunity much faster to, to save lives. If the coronavirus was not ravaging lives as we speak, I would feel more um, uh, more sympathy towards the arguments that Brother Barbara is making. But the problem is, while we are speaking right now, there are people all over this country who are dying because of the coronavirus. And so we don't have the six, nine, 12 months to wait uh, to see the analysis. You know, we, you know the, 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 the leading uh, medical figures in this country have said that this is safe. Uh, leading figures uh, across all walks of life are taking this, uh, this vaccine. I'm, I have faith in that. Uh, I don't personally have questions, though I'm concerned about some of the points that Brother Barbara's raised, but I don't believe we have the luxury to uh, have analysis paralysis around the coronavirus because it'll kill you whether you're rich, you're poor, you're black, you're white, you're straight, you're gay. It, it, it is ruthless in, in how it's moving, and I'm very concerned about making sure we stop it immediately. Coming up, I get answers to your social media questions about the vaccine from a top doctor plugged into our communities. Yeah, 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 salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson, and right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this special episode of Street Soldiers. It's our Vaccine Realities virtual town hall. Dr. Tochi Oroku Maliz joins us now. She's the chair of family medicine with Northwell Health and also the chair of family medicine at the Zucker School of Medicine. Dr. Tochi, the vaccine, as you look at it, we're being told that this is a hope, this is our way of getting out of this pandemic, that this is our way of getting back, getting forward to a new way of life without having to take all these precautions and seeing so many people get sick and lose their lives. What do you think? So I'm going to say that it's not going to replace the current mechanisms that we have in place to get back to our normal lives, but it is part of a toolbox of things that we have to do to get back to our normal lives. Uh, so we're still, even despite the vaccine, you're still going to have to wash your hands. You're still going to have to wear your face mask. You're still going to have to practice social distancing until we get to the point where enough people are immunized that we can say, okay, we can start to reduce our preventive measures. Uh, but yes, this is an addition to the current toolbox that we have so that we can eventually get back to our normal lives. Well, let me just wow. you, and no matter how basic these questions may seem to you as, as a medical expert, these are the things I keep hearing over and over again. And of course, you know, there's a lot of street stories and, you know, word of mouth types of things. 
what is really in the coronavirus vaccine? Because people say, oh, it's got the coronavirus in it. If I don't have it, why do I take it? Do we really know what's in that shot? So we actually do. And so the current vaccines that are out there, and I think most people have heard, there's the Pfizer and the Moderna, and those are mRNA vaccines. And so the reason people are concerned is because some of the vaccines we've had in the past and we still continue to use are actually um, deactivated vaccines. So they're non-live or we, they may have portions of live vaccine in them. But for this coronavirus vaccine, we're not doing that. It's an mRNA. And how that works is that it goes into your, it's encapsulated inside of a, like a bubble, a lipid bubble, and, it go, and it's injected into your arm. And when it gets there, it sends a message to your cells to create a little tiny piece of the protein, the spike protein of the coronavirus, not to create the entire virus, but the coronavirus. And a lot of people have seen pictures of it, you know, the little spikes. Spike so, right, exactly. So to make a little piece of that, because that's the part that your body recognizes. So a little piece of that, when it does that, the vaccine, that mRNA piece is disintegrated by your body. And then your body now creates this using the information or the recipe that the mRNA told it to do, creates that little tiny spike protein piece. And then your body's immune system gets into action. It says, okay, we recognize something that's not normal here. So what we're going to do is we're going to send out our antibodies. So we've got these B cells, they're part of the white blood cell system, and they go out, they send out the antibodies to go and, and take care of those, you know, neutralize uh, this pro spike protein because it's like danger, danger, you know? And then we also have our T cells, which will look around and they check to see whether any of our cells are infected. And they are the ones that have the memory so that the next time you're exposed to the virus, your body's immune system is already primed and prepped so that it can attack it. So it's not creating the virus, it's creating this, a piece of the spike protein that the virus has so that our body's ready to attack the virus should it come into our system later on. It does not go into the nucleus of the cell, it does not affect our DNA, and it does not change our genetic make makeup. I know that's a very- <laughs> I was, I was gonna, that, 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 That's on my list right here. I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask you that. So it doesn't yeah. change a person, that's a big one. It, it does it, not change. Especially, yeah, especially it, for people who wanna have children, you right. know, it, it, are in childbearing stages of life, they're mm -hmm. like, Oh, it's going to change my DNA. I, we yeah. don't know what's going to happen. So, so that, that part of your, your body is within the nucleus. So, so if everybody remembers our old um, biology, you know, so for some people, that's a little bit of trauma to remember that. But in biology, we learned about the cell and then remember the nucleus within the cell. And so the nucleus is what holds where um, the, the information for our DNA. This uh, mRNA, messenger RNA, goes into the cell, the outside outer part of it, not the nucleus, sends the message for your own cell to create that little tiny spike protein, not the virus itself, but the spike protein that's on the outside of the virus. And then it disintegrates. It never enters the nucleus of your cell. So it does not affect your DNA. It will not change your genetic makeup. And you cannot, um, you know, you will not uh, pass this on because um, the genetics, it will not change. You'll have your regular genetics that will go to your children. The vaccine itself, was it tested on people of color? Was it tested on enough women? Because it was rushed, it was rushed through. And there's comments like, 
we don't want, you know, we don't want the black community to basically be the guinea pigs for this virus for whites or for affluent, uh, more affluent communities. What do you say to that about the, the testing? Because it, it, it did come through very fast and was fast tracked, which it had to be because people, so many people are dying every day. Um, what's your opinion on that? Are you, are you comfortable with the, with the safety that we know of right now? I'm comfortable uh, as someone in the science field. I'm comfortable with the safety, with the information that we've been given. Um, yes, it was faster than normal. Usually we'll have the preclinical phase, then we'll have phase one, phase two, phase three, and phase four is when it's distributed around um, to everyone and you watch for long-term effects. What happened in this case is that they had them in parallel. So they didn't do them one after another, they had them in parallel so that it made it seem as if it was a faster mechanism. And then the mRNA virus, um, that type of, the mRNA vaccine, excuse me, um, that has been, that science has been around for a long time. We've been working on that in terms of how to target cancer cells or Zika. Um, uh, so these are things that mRNA has been in, you know, around for a while. It's just that now they decided to, okay, let's use it. And because the mRNA components are easier to access, it's, it's a faster mechanism to, to create them and then scale them up. For those who are very concerned, yes, the studies did have a majority of whites, uh, whites in the studies. Um, I believe Pfizer had, it was almost 50-50 male to female. Uh, they did have a smaller percentage of African-Americans, Asians, Latinos, um, and then the Moderna and a similar, th similar thing. They did have for the Pfizer 16 years and older, uh, for the Moderna 18 years and older. Uh, so it's you have to be very honest and say yes, this is this is how it this is how it was done. Um, but there were some people of color, people of underrepresented minorities who were involved in the studies. Uh, going forward, they want to make sure that they include a larger population so that they can make sure that they say okay. Where are we with all the various groups, um, you know, young, old, uh, male, female, the male, female piece was a, a little bit equal, but again, it was mainly with the white population and then with all the various ethnic or racial groups. Okay. And then let, let me, um, we've been talking about this a lot on social media, on my Instagram page at Lisa Evers, and I have some questions. I promised my followers that I would, I would ask you some questions. So um, Mombar one is asking, after I get the vaccine, can I still spread COVID? What about that? So that is a, an absolutely great question because we're not quite sure. And that's where the further studies are going. So that's why I said that getting the vaccine, you still have to use the other tools that we have in our toolbox. You still have to wear the facial mask. You still have to wash your hands. You still have to do social distancing. While they're doing further studies now, to check those who have gotten the vaccine, they're going to. There are some people that are going to be tested regularly to see whether or not they still and when they have the COVID, um, whether they when they are exposed to the coronavirus, whether or not they're able they're transmitting it and and how that how long that lasts. So no, do not stop um, using the other um, uh, items to safety you know, measures. And, and there's still that possibility that you may be able to spread it, which is why they are very, very uh, strong in saying to you for now, after you get the vaccine, please continue to do all the other metrics. Uh, yeah, because you have to keep everybody, you want to protect your family, you want to protect everyone around you until we get to the critical number where a number of a lot, enough people are vaccinated and enough people are not hospitalized, right? 
uh, because that helps you as well. So that you, you know, if you do, even if you do get it, that your the, your body's supposed to be attacking it and keeping it to a, a low level, so that you don't get very sick, you don't get hospitalized, you don't get intubated, Which and that's very important. And that's one of the goals, right? Uh, Jay Rocca sixty four asks, how will the body react if you are missing an adrenal gland? What about for people who've had different types of surgery or that type of thing? Is that possible? So. Actually, so what's going to happen is that it's recommended for almost everyone because you, your body's, you, if you have a pre-existing condition that may cause you to have worse complications from COVID should you get infected, at the moment, the benefit versus the risk is that you should have the vaccine to protect you so that should you be exposed to the virus, your body will still amount, amount its immune response to protect you. And so the recommendation so far, as of what I know today, because we get new information all the time, that's great, because that's another reason why things are so fast, is because everybody globally is working on the same problem at the same time and sharing their information. So cool it doesn't thing. always happen. Right, and we, right. And, we and, and we really appreciate that. All right. Uh, George Elizalde says he got the shot. He said it had me feeling beat up for the first few days. God bless me. Hopefully it helps. What can you tell George and also what can you tell us in terms of that, the like side effects after you get it? So George, I'm sorry you, you went through that, but that is actually part of the side effects of the uh, vaccine. So the first dose you'll, you'll get, some people will get headaches, some people will get fever, some people may have a little bit of chills, muscle ache at the area where you got the shot. Um, your arm may feel really heavy, um, you'll have some pain. If some people have nothing at all, and some people it may last up to seven days. And so that's something that um, everybody should be know. It's that we are trying to be very transparent about that. It aches for some people. Um, the second dose that you get, so if it's Pfizer, it's about three weeks later. If it's Moderna, it's four weeks later. Uh, sometimes the reaction may be a little bit more and I'm being very transparent. So I just want you to know. So take your um, acetaminophen, um, if you need to, uh, to bring down your fever, if you have it, or to take care of the pain in that area. And, uh, you know, uh, we try to say, if, if possible, try and get some rest uh, afterwards. Uh, I've heard some people say that they just went to sleep and they slept for like 18 hours afterwards mm -hmm. because their, their body, they were so tired. Uh, so it is normal. Oh, your body reacts. I know we have just a couple more minutes with you, but I, I want to get in two more questions from our, our, uh, our viewers and, our, and my Instagram followers. So VNC1025 says, quote, still uncomfortable getting a, a vaccine. I know a few people who got it and got sick. You're saying you, 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 you may feel some, some, some minor side effects. You're going to feel a little sick. And that's your body because your body's mounting. You remember the vaccine is the defense. your body to create a, an immune response. So that's part of it. And so, um, yes, you know, but it's this, you'll be able to, Again, you know, take get, if you can get some rest, use acetaminophen uh, to, to be able to bring down that fever or to take care of the body aches, um, but you should still get it because getting the, uh, getting the disease would be worse uh, than, than that uh, minor. Than, than those side effects. Okay, and then, um, Mark Kristen Smith asked, does anyone know how long the vaccine lasts? So is it effective for years or do we, do we know? Oh. For one year or what? We absolutely do not know at this time. I'm, and that's why everyone has to be transparent about this. We're not sure how long the, um, 
immunity will last. This is new to us, and that's why you have the long-term studies uh, where you, you know, over the year to year, two years, to see how long does this last? Do people get reinfected? Because if you get reinfected, that means, okay, the immunity has dropped. So we'll be watching and monitoring uh, the people that have gotten the vaccine so that we can tell. We're not even sure 100% how long your immunity lasts after you've gotten ill from the vaccine and you built, built up natural um, antibodies. So this is all to be determined as time moves forward, but we'll be watching that closely. All right, so so many, so many, so many questions unanswered, but you've answered so many for us. Uh, Dr. Tochi, I want to thank you so, so much for being with us for the special Street Soldiers Town Hall Vaccine Realities. We really appreciate it. And I know you made me feel a lot better and like I have an understanding of it finally. And I know you, you did for our viewers and our listeners, our Street Soldiers family as well. So thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me and everyone, please stay safe, uh, be healthy and good luck. All right. Thank you. Good luck and keep up the great work. Dr. Tochi Oroku Maliz, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on vaccine realities and health disparities in our communities of color. I hope you feel more informed and able to make the decisions that are right for you and your loved ones. You can hear the show again and see it on lisaevers.com. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace, love, and health equity for all.